Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show to get the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level? Roll with the topic, sorta of like the rubber with game talent like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The four for twenty-six saw the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. What up, what up, what up out there, War Room family? You're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my brother, B. Austin. Jimmy is en route. He will be back in the building with us next week after his short hiatus. But look, week three of the NFL season is in the books and we have a very serious issue jeopardizing the NFL season. It's jeopardizing the entertainment value and the sanctity of the games. And that issue is the new roughing the passer rules that are plaguing these contests. So keep it locked right here. We're going to talk about this and a whole bunch of other things. But if you want to get in on the conversation, make sure you join us right now in the JW Philly Realty chat room. That's blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about 10 minutes after we gamble with Gus when we open up the Digital Digital Extreme Tech Hotline, that number as usual, 323-410-0012. Before we get started, make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air, you check out archived episodes of our show at warroomsports.com, the War Room Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, anywhere else where you listen to podcasts, man. B, what up, man? So, so look, man. Our '80s TV pop is now behind bars. What's your thought on that, man? Because I've been, you know, watching social media all week, and I got a lot of friends, associates, family, and just people who are gonna make my head explode in defense. Of, of Mr. Cosby, like I don't, I don't get it. Like I understand the whole justice system thing. We never get a fair shake as far yeah. as what the consequences and punishments are every, in every, comparison to other people. Everything you're about to say, <laughs> everything you're about to say, as context to us as black people, particularly black men in the U.S., is absolutely true, and it has absolutely nothing to do with this circumstance. Um, There's just a lot of people out there that I no longer trust. Like, you know, if yeah. I see you, man, don't don't hug my daughters. Because I don't like what a lot yeah. of people out here are saying, man. Like I got a, daughters, I got um, a wife, I got sisters, nieces. I have a, I, I have don't a like unique, how people are defending this. I have a unique and interesting perspective on it. And, and I don't know if you've noticed, I've kind of been on a little bit of a social media decompress and hiatus. I ain't really been around like that. Um other than the research on IG every now and again, just to do research. Um, Here's my thing. And and I, I I entered this caveat. Um, I know that you haven't had this conversation, but both of us are acquainted with a young lady that the gentleman in question, not Heathcliff, 
but the gentleman in question groped and inappropriately touched in Crampton Auditorium in front of at least 20 other people who turned a blind eye because of his stature and who he is or was. We both know this person. I've had a conversation with her, and that changed my entire tune, which, sad to say, it probably should have changed before having that conversation. But after having that conversation, listen, my duty as a black man, as a father, as just a man in general, is to protect and serve the interests of my wife, my daughter, my mother, my aunts, those that I love and care about, my friends. So for me, I, I appreciate the art and the, and, the, and the content that Bill Cosby has created. I love the Cosby show as much as anyone else ever, along with the many movies and just things that he has done in our community. But at this point, I have to separate that from the man. And when you have 50-some-odd people, and it's actually more than 50, women come forward. Man, listen, we can't go with the conspiracy theories, man. You know what I mean? Like, like we brothers, if you had 50 people tell you that I did something from 50 separate places, Come on, man. You 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 you're not going. You're not going to give me the innocent pass because I'm your homie because I'm your I mother. Am. Like, I, I, you know why? I'm gonna just tell everybody, yo, man. B tried to buy NBC. That little dumbass <laughs> everybody. Yo, that don't got nothing. The funny to part is, like, who dredged that back up in the first place? He tra- he and a group tried to make bids for NBC in like 1992. Uh, white people, if they want to destroy your life, they're not going to wait 20-some years to do it. Like, it's, it's not going to take that long to destroy your life. But but anyway, man, like I said, like, you know, I, I will preface all of this by saying Bill Cosby was a childhood icon, idol, loved of everything course. he seemingly stood for. And not even seemingly, everything he stood for in the public eye, you know, loved all of that. Now, there was a time in the past decade or so where a lot of black people – weren't messing with Bill because of the comments that he was making in his little speaking tour. I don't know if you remember, me and Jimmy used to argue about that all the time. I used to defend the dude. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, he's just putting the mirror up to black society, telling us what we need to hear. But a lot of people, and, you know, Jimmy kind of convinced me of what he was saying after a while. Like, he was saying stuff that may have been a little destructive, you know, because it seemed like at that point he was tap dancing for the man. He was kind of... You know, telling us that everything that happens to us in society was kind of our fault. This is this is I'm defending this dude at this point. Now everybody chooses to defend him be over the most egregious thing that we can think of outside of him being a serial killer. And I and I don't understand it. Like all the deflection, we know that there's white men out there who's uh, have sexual assault and sexual uh, misconduct. allegations and, and, and this and that and, and the, for the people that live their lives by memes and, and they get all their social societal knowledge by memes it kills me man because I'm tired of seeing the certain certain memes that are 
have inaccurate facts on them and the comparisons and the deflections, fine. Let those people be dealt with. First of all, don't forget what country you live in. So if your only answer to this, your defense is, then why isn't the, this white guy getting this and why isn't this white guy getting that? Because we live in America. That's why. <laughs> That's why. Yo, but that yo, doesn't make this any less egregious. Yo, it I seems can't like allow people my... have to be wearing these shoes to understand anything. It has to be your mom or your aunt or somebody like that for, for, for a lot of people. And empathy, empathy and compassion are gone. But I can't allow my morality to be dictated by my ethnicity and culture. Like, we all know what it is in terms of living in a white supremacist society and a white supremacist culture. That does not preclude me from calling black and white right and wrong, whether it's, whether it's, whether it's, a black man or a white man, a black woman or a white woman, like right is right and wrong is wrong. The dude sexually assaulted allegedly more than 50 women, like close to 55 women. And some of them were black women. And the, and, and see, here, here's what really, really got me on social that, media. That if it was one woman, <laughs> but this was matter. It doesn't matter even if it was one. But, but the, there are black men particularly who – will trash the black women that he allegedly mm-hmm. assaulted and, and like, oh, that doesn't matter. Like, they're just working for the nefarious system and white man to pull uh, Heathcliff Huxtable, Bill Cosby. Or I'm like, yo, are, are you listening? It's like you say. By NBC. I told you my the next person in a face-to-face conversation about Bill Cosby that says anything that brings up NBC, I'm going to slap the fire out somebody. <laughs> like, really? Like, come on, man. Like, those are the people you know, like, haven't researched anything about this whole case. And, you know, the ch- changing the pages, you know, to deflecting a little myself, like Kavanaugh, he need to get his, too. Like, he don't need to be confirmed to the Supreme Court, even if what he did – and that, that's another thing that kills me because a lot of people I know, like, in the, in, the, in the same vein, you know, when all of these accusations started coming out about Bill, you know, people are like, oh, man, they're drinking up stuff from 35 years ago. But the same people are cheering it on, you know, when, thir- you know, something came up from 35 years ago on this dude. I, I think, hey, either way, both both ways, both of these dudes did allegedly, I guess, some, you know, egregious things some predatory things and the the fact that first of all for, forget the the supreme court nomination there's no statute of limitations in Maryland for what he's accused of so not only should he not be confirmed you know what I'm saying he should lose the position that he already has and he should eventually go on trial for for for, for what he did because there's no statute of limitations in Maryland. Um, people keep naming names: uh, Matt Lauer, Harvey, Harvey Weinstein, uh, uh, Bill O'Reilly, and all this kind of stuff. Really, the only person out of that bunch that has criminal charges is Harvey Weinstein, and his day in court is coming as well. So it's like we're complaining about him and the due process haven't even taken his course yet. Bill Cosby wasn't on trial, you know, three months after he was he was charged. It took a while. So for people, you know, the the main comparison I see, the meme that I see the most, 
you know, all of these guys are so-and-so, why is this one the only one going to jail? Like, can we give it some time for, you know? But of the list that, you know, people keep showing, there's only one other dude with criminal charges. Cats like Matt Lauer have sexual harassment uh, allegations. He's been fired from his job. There's really not much more to that, you know, that you can actually do. He wasn't accused of raping anybody. He wasn't accused of anything like that. He's accused of saying and doing inappropriate things in the workplace. Um, but, but Weinstein, he shall have his day in court. Now, if and when he gets off, like what we've been used to seeing in this country, that's when we go crazy, you know, about that situation. Uh, this whole uh, uh, Kavanaugh thing, if he still gets yeah. confirmed in a few days, that's when we go crazy about that. But one Yo. has absolutely nothing to do with the other, man. Bill Cosby, my childhood idol. <laughs> I, I had to face facts a long time ago. Like, dude is a horrible human being. And I'll be damned if I'm going to be caught out in these public streets defending that, no matter what the color of his skin is. Because I've seen people go as far as to say, if you're not defending him right now, you're a coon. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Do you yo, have a mother? And that, yo, and that, and that, that's the thing. That's where you you start to even question. Like, like the defense is all of the things that have happened to us. And when I say us, I mean black people in this country and the world over. It's like, okay, you know, we need our, our fair shake. But golly, goddamn. Like, it's not at the expense of righteousness and, and, and what is right. Like, yo, you can't defend those, those actions and that behavior. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. Like, yo, it's, yeah. I, see, we, 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 this has been going on, this Bill Cosby thing probably been going on for what, Dev, about three years? Yeah, maybe more. So I'm 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 Cosby'd out. I can't I can't really address it. So as I said, I'm decompressing from social media. So I'm a little bit detached from what is going on. Because I've already had these arguments. I've read the deposition. I saw where the dude admitted, yeah, I was giving chicks pills and then getting them yeah, I'm like, yo, I, I can't man. I can't. All right, well, let's let's get in. Let's let's talk some sports. Let's talk some sports because <laughs> we we can do this all day, all night. Um, we got some some picks coming up. We're gonna talk to Gus in just a few seconds um, about some football picks. But before we do that, let me just tell everybody that Hot Topics and Gambling with Gus is brought to you by my bookie. What up, everybody? Let's talk turkey for a second and how much of it you can make betting on sports contests at my bookie. The NFL is back. We're in week four, so if you haven't checked out my bookie yet, this is the great time to do so. You can lay down some dough on the biggest games in football. Join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag, not .com, .ag. You tired of getting a runaround when it's time for a payout? That's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay fast and without any hassles. You're wasting your time betting on sports anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wagers after kickoff. So join now, and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. To get that 50% bonus, all you got to do is use promo code WARROOM, all caps, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today 
play, win, and get paid, period. All right, so on that note, we're going to talk to Gus Griffin about uh, some games, some NFL games this week. Man, we got to get we got to get Gus like a little some theme music before he comes on every week. We're gonna find something. <laughs> We're gonna go to the phone line now. Gus, you there? Yes. How are you? G U S. I'm uh, I'm a little better after that zero and five start. I'm 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 getting a little bit back on track. <laughs> All right, and shout out to Gus too because he and I had a, a conversation about Bill <laughs> earlier as well. Um, crazy times we're living in, man. Crazy yeah, times. I, uh, let me just add them. Uh, Adam. Brightest. Yeah, let me uh, just add just a bit just to your yeah, I, I know. That's why I said something. Just I know you were listening. I'm no, like, I know you don't want to add something, so you got well, it. Well, the thing is, I, I certainly didn't want it to come off as a defense. I ain't no defensive bill. No, uh, no, no, not that. No, trust me. That, that happened you're, with a bunch of – because what you yeah. explained to me, like when I said understood, that was 100% honest. Like, okay, I get what you're saying. Because other yeah. people that I talk to aren't saying that. They're just going no, on not, this. No, no. Well, you, well, what we got to avoid, and this is in whether it's – this subject, you got to avoid sacred cows. Sacred cows are not healthy for critical thinking, and that I don't care whether it's Bill Cosby, I don't care if it's Louis Farrakhan, I don't care if it's Barack Obama, I don't care if it's Oprah Winfrey. It doesn't matter. Sacred cows are not healthy for critical thinking. That's my soapbox. True, even even here and what we do here. Doesn't matter. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, like. A lot of people, you know, if you're if you're worshiping, it's hard for you to have an objective conversation. No, we get that. That's that's a great point, man. Um, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna steal that next conversation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the term sacred cow. <laughs> it's not good. It's not right. good. So let's 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 start off with the big Thursday nighter. It would have been even bigger had Minnesota not laid an egg last week, being <laughs> seventeen point favorites. And losing to the Buffalo Bills. I guess Chris Berman told us a long time ago, nobody circles the wagons like, like the, the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. Bills. So we got the Vikings uh, plus six and a half over the Rams. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's up to seven now, so you get an even seven touchdown now. I, here's my thinking on this. They, they laid it. I mean, they like you said, I, you, I can't say it anymore. They laid an egg. Um, I don't remember the last time a team with that big a favorite actually outright lost, much less at home. They I got I, blown I, out. <laughs> they got blown out. I, mean, I mean, it was like they sleepwalk. You could see them sleepwalking through the first quarter, taking bills lightly. But then when it was 17 nothing, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's time to play now. What do you guys exactly. do? <laughs> so, but I think the Bills, I think they bounce back. I think they're a prideful team. They're going to bounce back, I think, tonight. I think the Rams are due for a little bit off game. I don't expect the Vikings to win, but I think I think they can cover that seven. Alright. I'm going to say the Rams at home, well, the Rams don't, and they admit this themselves, the players, they don't have much of a home field advantage. Yeah. That's another factor. Because even last year when they were a good team, like I saw it for myself. Ty Gurley spoke about it recently. You know, I was there for the Eagles game where Carson Wentz got hurt, and the stance had to be at least 65-35 in favor of Eagles fans. Yep, yep. And, and you know, as as they keep dominating teams, that will probably get a little better for That'll them they get their, their new stadium. Well, and they're in the Coliseum right now, right? Right, right. So if yeah. they, once that, they get their new stadium. That's never played well to a home field. It's just too spacious. So that's yeah. a hard – and in L.A., there's there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. And places like New Orleans, L.A., Miami, there's a reason 
that uh, the, the the fan base seems a little lousy. I mean, there's a lot to do, and you can right. even cite it for here in D.C. with the with the Wizards and and then the Nationals to some degree. Yeah, and and you know, to a definitely D.C. But you know, to a to a certain extent, a lot of those towns are kind of like transient towns. They have a lot of people from out of town. Go. There you go. There you come go. so. There you and go. you know, just other teams just travel well, but but I do think a lot of the locals, like the Hispanic people, were like in Eagles jerseys that day. All right, so we got the Texans plus one and a half Colts. Yeah, I I I really think the Texans are really overall a better team than the Colts. I got to admit now, when the Colts held the the, the um, Washington to nine points, I was baffled. I was baffled. And then they held. Philly to twenty. They maybe they Philly got a, tough. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe they got a better defense than I think. But the Texans zero and four, and I, I just you know, anytime a visiting team is less than a three point underdog, I tend to go with the visiting team because you get three just for being home. If you're less than that, I'm going with the Texans to win that outright. All right, and you got the Bears minus two and a half over what was a hot Buccaneers team. I mean, they could get back on track with this one. Maybe. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Look, is, Ryan is Fitzpatrick. Is magic done? Hey, he's the Edwin Jackson of NFL quarterbacks. He's on his seventh different team for a reason. It isn't because he's that good. Right. You can get five interceptions from him, or you can get a 400-yard game from him. The 400-yard games are over. This is the best defense he's going to face, and I'm taking the Bears to win that um, uh, probably by at least a touchdown. I, I, I you know, he's gonna get. Little, I mean, little the Mac, Mac man going to get the like Khalil Mac might. Exactly. Khalil Mac is gonna get Jameis back into the lineup. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's my you know, on this one. he is what we thought he was. You know, very yeah. up and down. That's what he's consistent at. And my last column is gonna talk about that a little bit. Pretty much. The crazy part about it is because you, you know, if if you're a fantasy football player, he's still a <laughs> decent fantasy quarterback because. And this is last week, too. Last week, yeah. he got the team down with all of his mistakes. So there was no choice but to keep throwing and keep, you know, getting statistics, yeah. keep gathering yeah. stats to even try to get them back into the game. So he still had a great day as a fantasy quarterback, mm-hmm. but he but he crapped the bed like Ryan Fitzpatrick, like you should expect him to do after a few great games like that. He so, does uh, look. Look, the bottom line is that that in that red zone inside his own end zone um, interception. That's something that a rookie does at this point <laughs> in his career. That, that, there's really no way. And if you think about it, that could literally be the difference in that game. And I, I was a Steeler fan. I held my breath, but I'm like, hey, I know we're gonna get some good stuff, but you're gonna get some bad stuff. And at the end of the day, you're in the same place. No doubt. So All right, I and, came to an understanding. Okay, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. No, go ahead, you go guys. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I've come to an understanding as to why Fitzpatrick is who he is and what he is. He has limited arm strength, yep. and when he sees one-on-one coverage or he channels his inner Brett Favre and he sees the talent on the edges, mm-hmm. Deshaun, Mike, he throws the ball early. Brandon Marshall in New York. He just, right. he, just lets it, he just lets it fly, and eventually – Eventually, when you're facing good defenses with good cover guys and good safeties, that wears off off. because they know how to. And the funny thing is, B, everything you just said, he admitted as much. Like, look, with those guys, man, I just throw it up and let them go get it. And when you got Mike Evans, you you, you justified to do that to some degree because Mike Evans is not covered. I don't give a damn what it is. That that dude is a grown man. (laughs) 
Right. All right, so and last game, um, sad situation here, 49ers going into this. Without their starting quarterback for the rest of the season, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, has torn his ACL. He's out. So 49ers plus ten and a half. Yes. Um, yeah. Here's here's how my my experience with these. When a, when a team experiences a significant injury, for one game, there is that Buffalo Bill rounding the circle in the wagons type thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't expect them to win, but for one game, they'll tend to overplay what they really are, and that's what I'm looking to see happen here. And so I'm taking them to to cover that ten. If I can get one more in, over and under. Okay. Uh, Steelers Ravens over fifty and a half. Sadly to say, my Steelers defense alone might um uh, cover that thing the way they're playing. But uh, so I'm, I'm taking Steelers Ravens over fifty and a half. And this is the matchup every season that we say here. We use the we use the cliche here. You can throw records out the window because for some yeah. reason they always <laughs> play great games. All right, so we'll we'll see uh, how it goes this week. And, of course, Gus, you know we always appreciate your time and your picks, and we will talk to you again next week. All right, gentlemen. Take care. All right. No doubt. Take care, Gus. That's Gus Griffin, everybody. We're gambling with Gus. Get your, you know, so you guys get over to mybookie.ag, and you, you play some of these, see if you can win you some money. B, your homie, you know, we've been talking about it for the last five years after his life broke down. Your homie Tiger Woods finally got a win after five years. Um, he won the Tour Championship last week. Uh, man, people were happy for him. He had like a, a mob of people following him on the green after his win. You know, it was pretty uh, emotional for him. He's like he was fighting back tears the whole time. <laughs> so what were your thoughts on Tiger finally getting back in the win column? Um, he finally hit back page and, uh, and got to the Myers and the toots that he needed to get his mojo back. <laughs> That's all it could possibly be. <laughs> he relented and succumbed to his nature, which got him back on top. It's all in the toots. All right. So, so B, I got something for you before we get to the phone lines. Cause I see we got a couple waiting. We see Tobias. We coming. Tobias like, look, man, I'm off today. I'm calling y'all. It's on. All right, but look, man, I, I know, B, you've been, you know, off the grid for a minute social media-wise, like you were saying, so I don't know if you've been following. You know, NBA uh, training camp has begun. Um, most teams had their media day early in the week or, or late last week. So, Toronto, you know, they're trying to get to know their new superstar and Kawhi Leonard, at least their one-year superstar. So, they, you know, in the press conference and the media day, they, they made him talk. So, Kawhi Leonard, of course, he's asked a question like, who are you? Like, we're just trying to get to know you. So, of course, he, in his little monotone, quiet, mute voice, he was basically telling the dude, like, you know, I'm a guy who loves to have fun. I love to laugh and all this kind of stuff. So I bet you everybody's sitting in the crowd like, yeah, right, my dude. Like, he never heard you laugh, uh, uh, <laughs> talk, for that matter. So He never heard you talk. He, he goes on to say, um, 
But, you know, I can't really just give you a whole spill. Like, whatever, basically saying whatever you need to know about me, ask that question, and I'll try to answer it. Then he looked into the crowd like, I can't even see where you're sitting right now. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, you've been in these uh, press conferences, B, as, as, as a member of the media. You know, half the time you're sitting in a crowd of, of the press, the, the lights are on up there. They can barely even see where the question is coming from unless they point you out. You know what I mean? So he says, I can barely see where you're sitting now. And then, B, for the first time in history, he lets out a laugh. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you hear what that laugh sounded like. <laughs> and that doesn't even do it justice, B. You got to see his face. It looks like he's so uncomfortable. It looks like he's never laughed before in his life, and he doesn't really know how. So it came out real awkward. You heard the sound. Just go see the video, man. Just get on the internet for two minutes. Go watch the video of this dude laughing. Uh, shout out to the homie Billy Beige, uh, a.k.a. Hank. Hank said, <laughs> he was like, you know, they just now put in the program to make him talk. So it was like, you know, they're putting in a new laugh program, and it's, it's probably going to glitch for a little while until they get it right. And that's exactly what it sounded like, man. So shout out to Kawhi, because he's a fun-loving guy. He loves to laugh. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that sounds a little weird. Yo, wait till, but wait till you hear it while watching it. It's, I'm telling you, this audio clip does it no justice. Yo, wait yo. till you watch so what it. You're man. Saying Look at is the laugh doesn't match. The laugh doesn't match the actual facial expression. It looks like one of those old school Chinese subtitles. Yo, kung fu that is exactly what my wife said. When I showed it to her. So before even seeing it, you already got the gist of this. This dude looked like he was in a kung fu theater movie. They used to come on Channel 57 back in the day in Philly. Shout out to Channel 57. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> That's exactly what it looked like. But it was it was so weird and awkward, man. It looks like he just doesn't do it. It looked like it hurt. All kinds of stuff, man. But go check that out. And if you're listening and you haven't seen that, Make sure you go check that out as well. All right, so we're we going to give a quick stat of the week, and we're going to go to the phone lines, man. The stat of the week, another one about your homie Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack becomes the first defensive player to record a sack and a forced fumble in three straight games since Khalil Mack. Did it in 2016, weeks 12 through 14. Yo, this dude is playing against himself right now, man. He ain't chasing no goals. Yo, <laughs> he's playing before, against himself before, right now. He's the first player to how, do it since him. Before we oh, go man. into how great he is and how good he is, because only Khalil Mack is better than Khalil Mack, <laughs> how do you feel about John Gruden right now? <laughs> Yo, how do I feel about John Gruden? <laughs> 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 I feel about John Gruden because he looks like a clown. Because not only that, that, did he do it, okay, it's fine. We understand when your team is not that great, if you have one big, uh, you know, component, one tradable asset, sometimes you got to let that go. I mean, let's not front. He got two first-round picks back for Khalil Mack. That's a great haul. My problem with John Gruden is every week after the game, 
he goes on TV, national TV, and says, I don't understand why we're not getting a pass rush. We need to figure out how to get pressure on the quarterback. Yo, all right, fine. You traded your your, your only tradable commodity. I understand it, but stop compounding it by making yourself look even dumber, and you keep questioning the fact, you know, you keep questioning why you're not getting pressure when you just traded Lawrence Taylor Jr. to another team. Like, give the man his props. Like, you traded him, you got a good haul for him. Give him his props. Say something like, you know, we really miss Khalil Mack and we're trying to get the other guys to step into those shoes. Stop saying dumb stuff like, I don't know why we don't get pressure on the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. What are we doing here? That's my only beef that I got with him, B. That's, that's, that's my problem. Yo, that laugh is classic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, when you when you see it, you're gonna come back like, yo. Alright, so let's go to the phone lines, man. We got the homie Tobias waiting. And I know he got some, some Jameis and Fitzpatrick stuff that he wants to get off his chest and whatever else. Roll damn tide. What's going on, Tobias? Roll tide, guys. Hey, all I got to say is, boy, it's a beautiful day outside. The sun is shining bright, birds are chirping. Kids frolicking in the street in Alabama's undefeated with number one with a bullet. But uh <laughs> but before I get on this quarterback. No, no wait, hold up, hold up. I ain't even gonna lie to you, Tobias. I look forward to you coming on and talking your ish about Alabama. Because you <laughs> are the ish talker squad. Go ahead, get to it, brother. Hey, <laughs> but hey, uh, before I get to the quarterback, I was talking about online, you know, about the whole Bill Cosby thing, and I mm. said, uh, even if, if one he did one person, he's a rapist. But I was yeah. like, he deserves to go to prison. But I was like, uh, I was looking at, I talk about the black thing. I was like, why in the hell R. Kelly is still in the streets, walking the street? This man had a sex tape with a minor that was out, and everybody watched it. And he's still walking today, and people are still and people black still folks. defend him. People still yeah. defend him. Yeah, we're people crazy. Still defend him. Man. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and call. Him. I'm gonna go ahead and call what it is. Tobias. No one values young black girls. No one values young black girls. So Shoot. he can get away levels, with it. A lot of anti-women valuation going on. And a lot of it is by women because that's who I'm most appalled about, B. It's a lot of women defending Bill Cosby. A lot of women defending A lot of women defending R. Kelly. A lot of black women defending R. Kelly because a lot of the brothers be like, hey, man, I I can't rock with him. uh, Art is greater uh, than, like, people care about the art more than... Man, R. Kelly, the greatest R&B singer of all time. Bill Cosby... Man, the Cosby show was... Man, the Cosby... We all grew up on the Cosby show. One of the greatest shows... One of the greatest display of black success on TV when they weren't showing that. Shit, they still ain't showing that half the time. When they weren't showing that, of course, he did a lot for hopes and dreams with that. And he made so many people even want to go to college with uh, um, a different world. Different world. But, dude, all right, we can, we can, we can romanticize on our, on our past. You know what I'm saying? Hell. It's not even a super terrible thing if you still watch the Cosby Show. If anybody else is gonna have the the, the gall to play it, 
because I know TV One played a marathon that day. They might have been trying to get their last few few off before they cut it forever. But if you you know do do you if you still want to have those nostalgic memories and watch and all that kind of stuff, that's cool. But the defense, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Yeah, you can't defend it. And uh, like on to this quarterback thing. All right, as a fan, I have to be honest. Ryan Fitzpatrick is giving everybody fool's gold. Because Uh-oh. he's giving everybody fool's gold right now. Right, here's the thing. And sometimes with the NFL, everybody goes by last season and rating these teams. The Eagles, for example, have a great defensive line. But the secondary is a problem for you guys. Got towards the Saints defense is bad. Steelers defense is bad. This week will be the first really good defense of all three levels this guy's facing. So, hey, the 2001 Madden throw it up for grabs, and hopefully big game Torrey Holt comes down with it, ain't going to the team that rushes for folks. And, oh, yes, by the way, the defense is still god-awful. The running game is still non-existent. They got a guy Shoot. started running back Peyton Barber. No one even picked up in a fantasy league. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and mind you, the two games they won were one-score games. So let's just be honest with this, guys. All these people in the media and these so-called Bucks fans want Ryan Fitzpatrick to be a starter is because they hate Jameis Winston. It ain't about talent. It ain't about play. It's about they don't like him. It can't be, Tobias, because we've seen the Fitzpatrick story play out like five or six times already. So you're right. It cannot be just because, you know, and, you know, he did, he has play, played well. Thus far, um, last week he kind of crashed the bed. Statistically, he pulled it back together because he really didn't have a choice. You, once you make the mistakes to get the team inside the rabbit hole, you gotta, you know, do what you gotta do to try to get them out. But um, yeah, I, mean, I believe that what you're saying has a whole lot to do with it. Um, and and shoot, speaking of the the game last week, the Eagles didn't get much pressure with that. Defensive line. That defensive line ain't been good since the Super Bowl. But um, yeah, shoot, it wasn't good in the Super Bowl. Matter of fact, that defensive line ain't been good since the NFC Championship game. River. Hey, here's the thing though, uh, and what people are missing. Dirk Cutter may tie. He's on a hot seat, right? He may tie his coaching career to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let's think about how crazy that sounds. <laughs> and and the thing is, what people are missing, it's like he's the first. Like you talk about these records he broke. He broke an NFL record Monday night, also being the first quarterback to throw three interceptions, consecutive throws, and somehow people rationalized they weren't his fault. Damn, they were, no. they were on consecutive throws. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. I made that the stat of the week. All you heard was, "Oh, oh, that, oh, those two weren't his fault." I never heard that before for anybody else. They, they might, it's like they trying to find any way to cape for this guy and make sure Jameis Winston's back in grosses with old Elvin from Cosby Show. It seems like that's what they want, man. <laughs> it's like don't 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 they realize if the Bucks say we let Jameis go, there by a handful of teams who need a quarterback will sign him right now. It's about either bagging groceries with Elvin or. or... Or making license plate with Heathcliff himself. <laughs> hey, Either one, they'd be all right to see him there. They definitely hey, would be ain't okay no telling, with that. Ain't, ain't, 
Ain't no telling what Bill will do for that Snicker bar in prison in a month from now. That's all I got to say. Uh, but, oh, no. oh, but, no. but I told uh, people, everybody, you know, everybody's defending Bill, saying he's too old to be in jail. Bill will be all right. I'm pretty sure. First of all, they have a new prison, a brand spanking new prison in Pennsylvania. Um, they closed the old state prison down, and they have a brand spanking new one. So I'm sure that has good fella sweets. So I'm I'm pretty sure Bill's gonna be, you know, living it up. Probably gonna be in there cooking steak, just like Paulie and Henry Hill and all them dudes were when they were locked up. Pablo, I'm pretty sure as far as it can go in a prison, I'm pretty sure they're gonna take care of Bill Cosby. So and I'll people have to worry about him being in this eighties. Because I know you guys got to run. And I just think that sometimes people, like, when people don't watch the game, they just watch the stat sheets. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, they thought, well, he made a comeback. They got back in the game. Well, he was the one that put them in a position to begin with. <laughs> and you know it's what? Like everybody hates Jameis so much, they close their eyes like, oh, that old interception didn't happen. It's long been known, too, that the hardest thing to do in football is to hold a lead. Because, you know, you're trying to do stuff. You're trying to – you turn into, you know, the night rider of the clock while the other team is desperately throwing the ball trying to get back into the game. So we always see that. When there's enough time to to close the gap on the spread a little bit, it almost always happens in the NFL. Hey, I want to say you guys have a good good week. Hey, and by the way – Child, the Brent Grimes, who should be retired by now after he's getting shook by Antonio Brown and Chris Conti. That's all I got to say, man. Your kid is fully in school right now because of you. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'll all say this right, before I go. I'll let you next week, man. Hey, Dave, I'll say this before I go. There's an article going around where a news reporter named Chris Conti. He'll be getting his mentions lit up every time he gets lit oh, up. Say, What's yeah. this guy do now? <laughs> hey, you guys that. have a good yeah, one. All right, you too. Hill. Yeah, dude been getting lit up on Twitter, man. And he was like, oh, God, what did this guy do this time? Every time something happens to this Chris Connie guy in the NFL, my mentions go off the hook. People be on there killing him. He's like, I am not that Chris Conti. Either way, man, shout out to <laughs> to Tobias and his bucks and his, uh, his roll tide and all of that. So, all right, everyone out there. Like we always tell you, make sure you uh, check out our website at warroomsports.com. While you're on the website, make sure you, you know, take your time, look around, click on the Contact Us tab to send us a message about the company to show or inquire about sponsorship and advertising opportunities, joining our network in any capacity, um, writing, uh, podcasting, um, business, sponsorship, advertisement, anything, man. Just Just check everything out. For general inquiries, you can email us at info at warroomsports.com. While you're browsing the site, make sure you click on that memorabilia tab so you can buy War Room Sports merchandise. Click the blog tab to read our latest articles in the All's Fair and Sports and War blog. And uh, speaking of uh, Gus Griffin, who was on with us uh, a little while ago, he has a um, a new piece that will be dropping either late tonight or tomorrow morning entitled How the Fantasy and PlayStation Expectations Are Ruining Football. And I haven't read it yet, but just judging by the title, I'm probably going to. You already agree. I was about to say, I'm being in agreement with that. And I've probably written something in the past about the fantasy football 
portion of that. I haven't really written about video games, so we'll see how um, close it is to, to my thoughts in the past. So just by the title, Gus, I feel you, brother. I feel you. All right, so um, anyway, you could, uh, on the website, you can you can read the blog. You can click the respective icons and tabs to follow all our social media platforms. You can uh, subscribe to our iTunes podcast. You can watch our webcast at Warroom Sports TV. You can download the free app um, on Android or iOS. Make sure you do that. Just go search Warroom Sports. You can get everything that I mentioned right there on your own device. So join the JW Philly Realty chat room right now during the show at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room, where, as usual, the homie Skyview1 is in there uh, holding it down. Shout out to Kev. To enter the chat room, just sign up for a free profile on Blog Talk Radio. If you don't feel like doing all that, you can sign into your Facebook or Twitter accounts. But while you're at it, make sure you click follow. That'll get you updates and reminders about the show every week. We'll be taking questions and reading posts from Facebook, Twitter, chat room, the World Room Sports Game Time group on the Group Me app, all of that during the show. If you want to text us, if you got our numbers, text us. We'll read that too. But you, if you want to call in and speak with us, the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline is now open at numbers 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted, but if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to holla. Um, so some of the stuff in the chat room, Scott, if you said uh, media day, Bayless got disrespected so badly that I, that I, and he's emphasizing I because he's always telling us, you know, get Bayless the the f out of here. Um, he said he actually felt sorry for him, uh, <laughs> and Bayless pisses me off during warm ups. Yeah, disrespecting Bayless. I, first of all, why is Bayless still on the team? Why haven't they gotten some kind of deal oh, he got to get job. rid of Bayless as a throwaway? Um, and I'm not even as as down on Bayless as everyone else like I used to see him coming to the game early last season when he was getting minutes and I you know I thought he did some positive things um a lot of people saw it differently but for me it's not that you know I think Bayless is a total bum I'm just like Bayless has no place on this team so if there's anything that we can get in return for a deal that packages Bayless and let's let's go ahead and make that move because he's just really not here to help right now uh, Skyview also said Gordon Gortrell is still the funniest episode of any comedic episode ever. Um, Seinfeld, I'm out episode is a close second. Um, that, that's, that's what's up, and I understand both of those because I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. Personally, that's my favorite sitcom of all time. Um, and he said Fitzpatrick will remain the QB until the novelty shop runs out of beards and chains. <laughs> that might be true as well because until – Mm-hmm. The people stop buying the Fitz beards, <laughs> and you know they stop making their money, and that's when they go. On, I have you know, a, I have a little bit uh, different. <clears throat> I got a little bit different taste in Tobias, and, and while we warned him, and I say we as in all three of us warned him about Fitzpatrick, I feel like Jameis brings a lot of this stuff upon himself. Mm-hmm. Now, am I being unfair? in assuming that he should be a little bit more mature than this, a little bit further along in his development, a little bit. Because for me, I feel like you're not getting equal return for the amount of boneheadedness you see off the field. So 
I need this. I'm afraid dude will be Byron Leftwich might end up being his ceiling. Not that Byron was a bum, but I, I, I'm nervous. No, no, that no, but but yeah. what you say actually when when Tobias was on the line and he said, you know, he laughed at the fact that Dirk Cutter might be, you know, hitching his wagon to his whole career wagon or at least this job to to um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I wanted I was about to make the point, but we we kept on talking and I forgot to make the point. I was like, hell, he probably thinks, you know, it's probably the same thing with Jameis, though. As much as, you know, as, as talented as he is, but as, as immature and as much as a bonehead he is, people probably would laugh at that as well. Like, man, you got to hit your whole career hopes on Jameis Winston. So I guess when he weighs both of them, you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, their cutter's a white guy. He probably like, hey, if both of them are either fool's gold or boneheads, I'm just going to go with the white guy. <laughs> That's probably how he thought about it. Like, I'm just going to go with the white guy. I'm not going to hitch my, my 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 cart to a black dude. And nobody get mad at Dirk Cutter because I made all of that up. That's all speculation. <laughs> People going to leave here like, yo, Dirk Cutter is racist. Um, yeah, yeah, I totally yeah. made that up. Uh, either way, man. Facts now. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotta yeah offer I, them facts. <laughs> I definitely ain't got no facts on that. All right, so let's um let's get into some grind topics and we still got some some calls on the line. Uh hold tight. We're gonna get to you guys. Um but while y'all wanna grind is brought to you by Sports the Book. You guys tired of reading the same old sports books with the same old lists, rankings, imaginary starting lineups, all sorts of subjective information that no one can prove, that no one's even interested in proving being passed off as facts, well, be sure to pick up your copy of It's an acronym, so stay with me, folks. Smart people only read the sports. It's a mixture of sports and hip-hop culture. will keep you on the edge of your seat, keep you laughing like you're watching a comedy special. Just go to sportsthebook.com or get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. But wherever you get it from and whatever you decide to do, just make sure that you don't miss this movement. All right, so what happened this week while y'all were on the grind? Well, for one, and this is a shout-out to all the people who said that when Nike did the Colin Kaepernick controversial ad that it was company suicide, and they were so happy to see that Nike had a 3% stock drop in the first 24 hours well, after the initial dip in share prices, Nike's stock has skyrocketed to a near all-time high. Their market value surges by $6 billion, and, um, you know, they're, they're sitting pretty. Now, you know, I'm, I'm business savvy enough to know, you know, there's some things going on at Nike right now, so I'm not going to give Colin Kaepernick the entire pot of uh, credit for this $6 billion surge and the market share. But the point that I'm making is to the folks who were, who are against Colin Kaepernick and were so happy to see what happened to Nike in the first 24 hours, not realizing that, you know, investors do that all the time. Stock prices always drop as sharp reactions to anything controversial. 
So whoever fell for that, like, you know, read a book, do something. But anyway, like I said, I'm not going to give Colin Kaepernick all the, the, the credit for this B, but it says something to those folks who thought that Colin Kaepernick was going to be the death of a company as big as Nike. Thoughts on this? The same reason that Nike stock soared and Colin Kaepernick, um, LeBron James, and the other young lady that plays tennis, um, the reason that they are the face or a part of the face of this new Nike is the same reason that Barack Hussein Obama was able to conquer the whitest of white houses. And so when you look at at history and the global implications of this, Nike, I believe, placed a smart bet because the folks that are burning their Nikes and anti-Nike they represent a pretty strong group in the United States, but not so much abroad, not so much in the global picture of things, not so much the world over. So this just tells you where people put their dollars, and, and I've always said this, your dollar, honestly, is your vote. Your dollar is your vote. So, Well, we speaking of that, Nike... There was also a lot of uh, social media activity surrounding um, a claim that Nike has donated around $1.2 million to the Republican Party in recent years. Um, the report didn't say that they don't um, uh, donate to the Democrats as well, but supposedly three times, you know, three times the clip that they they donate to Democrats, they donate to Republicans. Now, when I first heard that, you know, because people were saying that, like, you know, in in conjunction with Colin Kaepernick, this is what they're doing. He's fighting for something, but they're donating to the party, this blah, blah, blah. My first thought was, first of all, Colin Kaepernick, much like myself, isn't a Democrat nor a Republican. To take it a little farther, Colin Kaepernick doesn't even vote in this system. <laughs> so... You know, for you to try to throw that out there, like, I'm pretty sure he doesn't care who they uh, donate to. And like we said to everybody the first time we spoke about Nike and the Colin Kaepernick situation, Nike is a business. Nike, like everyone else, is going to grease the palms of whoever they need to to get whatever they want, whether they believe in it or not. We told you from the door it was a business. Yes, it it. It's commendable that they had the the gall to, you know, for lack of better words, get in bed with a a Colin Kaepernick and and you know stand behind him with this controversial ad and you know not just throw him out like a lot of people may have done just out of fear of backlash. Yeah, that's commendable. But at the same time, we told you that doesn't mean that Nike is all for the cause. It doesn't mean that they're you know front line. For, for for the revolution or anything like that. So for the people that's throwing that out there, like like what do you what what do you expect from them? And you know, there's people out there who actually got offended about it. And you know, cuz we already know that people think and black people <laughs> seem to think that, you know, they have to be democrats like those, you know, those people don't, don't owe any of these parties anything. 
those, those people don't understand business. Um, if you study major companies, I'd say, and it may it may not even be limited to major companies. All companies have a budget. All established companies have a budget that they make con- campaign contributions to both, both parties. parties. Depending on Period. something that benefits them. <laughs> and they usually try and keep it pretty even, but in the case that it's skewed one way or the other, it's only based on the fact that there's some piece of legislation or policy that that particular uh, legislature or person is backing or supporting that benefits that company's bottom line. And that's where the dollars flow. Again, your dollars are your vote, and in the American polity system, you are able to purchase policy, and people don't get that. Like, you're there as a business, they are buying policy. It's not about social or civic duty, social or civic commitment. It's about impact to the bottom line. So, no, yeah. hey. No doubt. But, here, but, but here's some, let's take it even further, though, because, you know, I don't just hear anything and not do individual research on a topic. So I fact-checked the whole thing. Um, you know, so, again, the, the claim is that Nike donated three times more to the Republicans than they did the Democrats during the 2018 federal election cycle up to this past August. Now, what I found out um, what's true is that individuals who listed their employer as Nike did contribute vastly more to Republicans than the Democrats during that election cycle. What's false they say those contributions weren't made by Nike itself as a company, but the donations were dominated um, by Nike's billionaire co-founder, Phil Knight, who technically is no longer an actual employee of Nike. So they're saying Nike as a company, their political action committee, donated fairly evenly to both Democrat and Republican candidates during the same period. So this is Another, you know, this is another case of, you know, people get uh, a little modicum of information. They take it and they make whatever they want out of the information without researching it further to see what the 100% accurate truth of the matter is. And this is this is how, you know, society works these days because you have social media, information gets out there so quickly. Uh, people see something and they see a lot of people kind of wait to see what the, you know, whoever's posting something about it, wait to kind of see what their thought is on it, and then they just go adopt that thought, and then it spreads like wildfire before anybody takes two seconds, and all it did was take Shout me out two to the, seconds. <laughs> Took me two Shout seconds out to, all the lemmings. to find this out. Yeah. Shout out to all, all right. the lemmings out there. Group, group think is real. Group think is real. No doubt. And lemmings go used to be a, a big part of the vernacular here on the war room haven't been used in years, so shout out to the to the lemmings making a <laughs> another appearance, man. Lemmings are back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So yeah, that's that's the whole. Yo, that laugh is kind of disturbing. Make sure y'all fact check everything that you you spread and and you talk about. Not that it matters to me if if it was true. Like I don't care like i really expect you know everything that i purchase 
to have some company backing, you know, as far as donations are concerned to Republicans and Democrats. Um, when you're neither, what, am I supposed to get mad at both of them? I'm supposed to get mad at that? <laughs> Shout out to Sam Cassell. I'm supposed to get mad at that? All right, but speaking black of... People gonna, black people going to get real angry at me when I make my billions. Speaking, speaking money of Trump, taking advantage of people and their finances, the NBA and Turner Broadcasting has announced this week that fans, for the first time in history, can purchase a portion of an in-progress game to watch on NBA League Pass. So basically, B, <laughs> once the buzzer Yo! sounds to the end of the third quarter, people can purchase the fourth quarter of a game for $1.99. <laughs> whether whether Yo. they buy it at the start of the fourth quarter or if they watch the last 30 seconds of the game, you can get the last portion of the game for $1.99. They're loving it. Are it's a you big mad? Moment. And I think I think they'll be successful. But here we go again. Are you mad you go at them? Go ahead. Are you mad at them for trying it? Or are you mad at the people that actually go through with no, it? No, 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 no. I'm never I'm never mad at the people for trying it. I mean, if you can get a dummy, get a dummy. But um, <laughs> but, but this is the thing. You already know how I feel about the Red Zone Channel. People love the Red Zone Channel. I'm more of a purist of the game. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to just see when a team gets into the red zones about to score. I want to see the drive. I want to see how they got down there. I want to see everything. So I think the red zone channel is probably the most overrated sports invention of the last 20 years. And I know that's a lot of people listening that disagree with me wholeheartedly. I don't care. This is just going to be something else. Like we talk about the the ESPN Sports Center highlight fans. We talk about the Red Zone fans. This is just something to add to that mix. This is a cousin of these people. These are the same people be that's going to be loud wrong in arguments trying to tell you about a sport and about a game when they're only watching half or last quarter. Or they're only watching the highlights on Sports Center. Or they're only watching the Red Zone channel. So they're going to tell you how they scored, but they're not going to give you any kind of X and O breakdown or analysis of what the team did to get in position or or anything like that. This one is not going to be able to tell you how the situation got to where it was in the fourth quarter. This is one of those things. This is another tool for the casual fan. I'm not knocking the casual fan. What I'm knocking is the casual fan who jumps into a purist argument and wants to be loud as a <laughs> loud as a dirt bike and don't know a damn thing of what they're talking about. And this is just going to give people more ammo because they're going to jump in and, and tell you who he's a finisher and this happened and that happened and blah, 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 and they ain't going to know a damn thing about what happened the whole game. NBA, Turner, League Pass, more power to y'all. If you can get a dummy, get a dummy. <laughs> So what are you, what are your thoughts on this, B? I'm cause I'm I'm on a rampage. I'm rambling. Yeah, you 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 going in? He is going in. Um, cause you know how yeah, I I'm, am I'm, about I'm, that, man. Like me, like Jimmy and I have had them arguments, man. Like we talk about, you know, how how long I've been a league pass subscriber and the fact that you know, I watch off-brand matchups on a Tuesday night when all everybody else is just watching what they throw on national TV, and I'm supposed to be the you know the dummy for 
trying to know everything I can about the game. Gosh, man. Listen, less is less is less is not more. In this case, um, it's it's the culture of immediacy, which lends itself to emotion rather than analytical thinking. What you feel about something trumps what you think. You don't need to think. If it if it makes you feel good. If, it, if you buy into the emotion you felt when you saw it, if you like the person, that's all you need as the foundation of your argument. That's all you need. No in 2018. I go through that every day. <laughs> Talking to people on social media, man. Everything is about personal feelings, man. People will go all out of their way to play themselves, to either love or or hate somebody because that's what they feel in their heart. You ain't got to watch a game. You ain't got to know the facts. <laughs> so good. All right, so um you know the perfect perfect the perfect test case for that. Um and and this person has nothing, absolutely nothing to do. Well, I wouldn't say nothing to do with sport. Rap is the sport. Joe Budden. Do you realize how many people will argue you down that Joe Budden can't rap because he's a noodle and they don't right. like him because he's a noodle. They like Joe Budden is social one of the media uh, pro, you know, yeah. displays and his podcast yeah. displays. Yo, Joe Budden is one, bar one, one of the greatest lyricists of all time. And, and when I say that, I'm, I'm putting him maybe top, top 100, top 50, but that's still, there's a lot of lyricists out there. He's one of the greats, and people judge him based on how his content makes them feel and how his behavior makes them feel and without listening to a lyric. Like, he is the perfect example of group think and what he does to people with formulating their opinions. No analysis needed. Crazy. All right, man, so... Uh, some more news that's, you know, Me Too movement related. Boxer Victor Ortiz, he's turned himself in on uh, multiple, I think three uh, rape charges. And, and you know, this is days before his next bout. Uh, the woman, the woman that he turned himself in, you know, the charges that he turned himself in on, um, her report came the afternoon of March 19th. So this was months ago. Um, but he just turned himself in Tuesday and was booked in uh, Ventura County uh, out in California. That He was charged with forcible rape, forcible oral copulation, and forcible digital penetration, according to the Oxnard Police. Um, and from what I read earlier, like I said, there's multiple charges what coming digital, out because usually when, when there's smoke, there's fire. Once that smoke starts to come out, then everybody else starts, you know, burning that fire because it makes people more comfortable. When there's somebody else to fight with you, it makes people more comfortable to, to come out. And I totally understand it. But, yeah, he, you know, in 2015, remember, he was arrested for suspicion of assault with a deadly weapon after being 
accused of beating up a fan at a country music concert. Um, it's just falling apart for uh, Victor Ortiz. What is digital penetration, though? I, I still need to understand what that is. Uh, what's your digits? What's your fingers? <laughs> oh, digits, digits, gotcha. Yeah, you were yeah, thinking, I'm still, <laughs> like, whoa, what are you? I'm, like, I'm you still. He raped somebody over social media or something? Like, come on, man. <laughs> what's wrong I with you, that man? Indeed, they'll find a way. People committing suicide and all kinds of stuff on social media. They will find a way. All right, man, so, yeah. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of me too and sexual assaulted out at this point, so I don't have a lot to say about Victor Ortiz. Um, you know, he and his God know if this stuff is true, and if it is, then it'll be his turn to face his consequences and pay the piper. All right, and and more disgusting news: a Comerica Park employee, and if you guys don't know what Comerica Park is. It's where the Detroit Tigers play baseball in in Detroit. A Comerica Park employee was seen, actually he was recorded, video recorded, spitting in pizza. So so this guy was uh, making pizza for people, you know, in one of the concession stands. One of his uh, fellow employees just recorded him taking a big loogie into one of the pizza and then covering it up with sauce. Um, by all accounts, this was random acts. He had seen them do it before. Um, that's the craziest thing. Like, if you go to games, B, like, this is random. It's not like somebody he knows, doesn't like, got in the line, ordered a pizza. This was for whoever it ended up being for. Like, he had – no reason, I don't know what's going on in his life, but, you know, there was no reason to just randomly spit in a pizza because you don't know who's going to get that. So uh, the video went viral, of course. Uh, Comerica Park actually threatened the employee who recorded it and 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 put it out there on social media. And by all accounts, from what he's saying, he was just trying to help. He was just trying to make it known he was trying to warn people and they threatened his job um they denied doing so but they threatened his job over releasing the video i guess they thought it was giving them bad press um but he said he had told them about it before and they kind of brushed past it so he went out and got you know some video evidence and put it out his damn self uh he's been the guy has been detained and charged um and I think he's supposed to be uh, tested for for something. I saw a headline to say um, hepatitis. Yeah, this is a twenty year old. Yeah, I think he's being tested for for hepatitis. You know, to make sure he's not out here making anybody sick by doing this. So let me let me ask you this, B. Let me say you went up. You know, you were at a concession stand at a game, and you actually saw this happening. Like, what would your reaction be? Let's jump over the counter. <laughs> it depends on who I'm with. Right. If I'm with if I'm with um my significant other, um, then I would likely call authorities immediately. 
if it were you or I, then we would be going to the holding cell, holding tank, with another story to tell. Two middle-aged men jumped over the counter and <laughs> beat the dude within inches of his life, and, and then we would be in trouble, and that would be that. But he would get an ass whooped. He's like that sometimes. So it depends on the company. It depends on the company I'm keeping at that particular moment. This is why you must pray over your food, or better yet, eat before you go. Eat before you go. No doubt. All right, so um, that's what happened this week, good people, while y'all were on the grind. Hey. While you were on the grind, your food was getting fabulous. Give some quick birthday shout-outs, and we're going to get back to the phone lines. I promise you guys, so sit tight. We see you out there, Rob. We got you. All right, so uh, birthdays aren't brought to you by anybody, so we're just going to give you some quick birthday shout-outs. Uh, shout-out to Jason Phillips of MLB fame. He turns 42 years old. Damn, I'm getting old. Jason Phillips, 42. I say this every time we do birthday shout-outs, but shout-out to Jason Phillips. My birthday, yeah! Rob Moore, former receiver, NFL. He turns 50. Uh, Coach Steve Kerr is 53 years old. Uh, probably the greatest Philadelphia Philly of all time, Mike Schmidt, turns 59 years old. And we want to give an RIP, rest in peace, rest in power, shout-out to Mamie Peanut Johnson. Uh, she was uh, a pitcher. She was a, a, a black female pitcher in the women's league, and she was the first black woman to pitch in the Negro Leagues. Uh, she was born September 27, 1935, and she passed December 18, 2017, just uh, less than a year ago. So shout-out to her. Rest in peace. Rest in power. Also a rest in peace shout-out to Dick Shap. Um, a journalist, hell of a journalist. He was born September 27th, uh, 1934, and he passed December 21st, uh, 2001. So we'd like to give a nice big war room salute to all of these folks on their birthdays. My birthday, yay! Shout out, salute. All right, it's that time. I'm about to talk to some NFL. You guys can check out our website, warroomsports.com. But if you're going to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline is now back open. That number is 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. And we're going to go back to the phone lines right after I tell you that this NFL wrap is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need digital extreme technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence, top quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices, and yes, financing options are available. So don't, don't, don't wait. Hurry. Visit digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203. And for discounted rates, you make sure that you let them know that the homies over at War Room Sports sent you. All right, man, as I said in the open, man, the new rule on roughing the passer 
is plaguing the league this year, and it's making some of these games very unenjoyable to watch. So before we get into that conversation, let's go to the phone lines. we got the homie Rob calling in from out in Cali, out in the L.A. area. West Coast. Hey, Rob, what's hey, going on, good hey. brother? Welcome to the War Room. What's up, man? Can y'all hear me? What's the what's the what's the deal? Oh, I, I got you. I didn't forget about you. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a beautiful got song, you. man. That's a beautiful you know, song. You know what? You know what? Somebody, somebody tell Fred who got the best record in the league is the world champs, man. But anyways, man. So, all right. So, hello, hello. We here. We got you. What's up? Yeah, yeah, man. I feel good. Oh yeah, somebody tell Tobias to stick to college ball, man. Stick to football, college football. The plant. Keep riding the plantation, man. That's all I gotta say. Anyways, man, the Alabama Titans. I'll be calling in the fire shots. It's like his discord. Thank God, Court Bennett's away from the computer, man. But yo, man, how y'all doing, man? Pretty good, man. man how are I'm, 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 I'm good, man. I've got a couple things to say. Uh, preseason's gonna come in basketball soon. LeBron is coming in. I, I, I wish we get like that applause sound for um, Magic Johnson, the HNIC that's in. LA for starting Rondo over Lonzo Ball. You know, um, hopefully Lonzo can learn and develop his skills, and it'll be a wake up call for him to play good. He has a lot of potential. We'll see. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll because see. of his knee injury, um, well, at least they're saying because of his knee injury, they might have been thinking about doing this anyway, but um, Rajon Rondo is going to be the starter, at least to open the season. But, you know, I I, I think Lonzo is going to be a good player, and I think Rajon Rondo, especially for for uh, Lonzo, is a great person to learn from, learn behind, you know, learn with. So um, I, th- I think that's a good pickup for the Lakers, even if it doesn't, you know, amount to too much success on the court. Rondo one day is going to be a coach. Mark my words when I say that. So oh, Lonzo yeah. having oh, somebody yeah. like that to to you know to pick his brains every day in practice in film session, I think it's going to be uh, you know worth a whole lot. It's going to be a mountain of, of wealth for that dude. But go ahead, Rod. My bad. I mean, I mean, I just get annoyed really? with the and I don't go football, but I just get annoyed with the whole um, transsexual fan base that that's crept up in the Lakers form because when people ask like that question, they ask like, what do you have to do to earn respect on Laker fans? Cause Laker fans all real basketball fans. And, uh, he says, oh, I'm here. It's like a Negro win a championship. You know, if you want respect from us, put a win a championship and stop flopping. Okay. That's all I got. Hey, Stop flopping. Okay, this is this is city of champions. Okay, this ain't anywhere else. This ain't you know Philly. This ain't America. Taking shots. <laughs> you root for Philly. Still taking shots. I just fixed it. I got a question. I got a question for you, Rob. Um, how do you think the first meeting went between LeBron and EJ? 
Who cares? Man, I'm a grown man. I'm a grown man. I don't care what other men do. They can do whatever they want. You know what? You know what? It will flip my elf. So you're saying mind. that I'm looking. You, you listen, 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 listen. You can do whatever you want. Okay. Dude, I'm All in right. LA. Yeah. I'm looking at Taraji P. Henson. I'm looking at Sonia Lathan. I'm looking at chicks like that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm looking at freaking uh chicks on Melville. I'm looking at chicks on Costas. Shout out to Costas chicks. I'm not looking at EJ in West Hollywood. If you want to look at EJ, you can go ahead. Yeah, we weren't talking about who you were looking at. We were talking about who EJ is looking at, who LeBron is. You know, I wanted to know how that meeting went. EJ is the heir apparent after. By the ladies. He probably took LeBron shopping. How about that? Get some fashion tips. Possibly. 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 But 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 yeah. It, anyways, in, in, anyways, go to football. Anyway, go to football. Anyways, go to go. That that's not good. Anyways, go to football. Um, I know everybody is freaking out that um. Uh, and the Eagles fan base is freaking out that uh, what's the, the McLeod got hurt. I think you know because we have to people gotta understand. Like I think I don't know if I sent that video how the Eagles changed the game about how they pay for the top two safe the top five safeties in the league. They pay a lot of top dollar for. I think these DBs have a lot of athleticism. I, I, no, excuse me. I think wait to be I'm honest. Trying to get, I think, I'm trying to I'm trying to clarify what you said. You're including McLeod as a top five safety in the league. Uh, Why do you do that? I should say top five. I would say top five. No, excuse me. The high, one of the highest paid safeties in the league. We got two of them. We got two of them. Oh, we have McLeod oh, there paid. for a reason, okay. and we have okay. Malcolm Jenkins there for a reason. Now, I will say this. I think as a DB, I think we have it's uh, high said. How, how I say this? We have we're very underrated as as far as amount of time to have a DB. I just don't think the coaching is there for them. But I will hope that they change that and that it comes to change comes like right now with the coaching staff because th- these guys like Mills is, should have been a second round pick. Yeah, off the field issues, he was a second round pick. Finney Jones is a second round pick. Uh, I think Ronald Dobbins is one of the uh, one of the top three round picks. Russell Douglas, I think, is a is a third round pick. So a lot we 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 spent a lot of and the other guy too. I, I can't remember his name. Five nine. So we spent a lot a lot of resources in these in these defensive backs. I really think that if your core group can grow, it's just the coach. It's just the coach. I just hope that the coaching improves. That we don't. Well, we just don't waste the talent at this position or spend any more resources at this position. Now, if we need to fire a coach, we should fire a coach because that's what we did last time. And that's I know what it, I know it could coach. help them, and there's a reason that they look better than they probably were last season. If the, if the defensive line can get some pass rush, because we haven't been doing that um, thus far, help those guys out because. You know, and then, you know, I'm not blaming it all on the defensive line, but that could really help things out. If you look at, you know, Mills and the mistakes that they're making, I think they're giving a lot of receivers too much respect. 
you know, you can't be inside the ten yard line playing ten yards back. Like all dude got to do it, is stop, it, catch it, the ball, and score. It, like it so. All, it's, it's what they did last season too. It's it's, it's a continuing. Yeah, thing. but like everything they did last season could be done because we had a hellified pass rush. Now we got some of the same names and even some better names this year, but the rush just have, hasn't really been getting there. You know, just like I just told somebody earlier, you know, in the show, like the Eagles defensive line hadn't been good since like the NFC championship game. We we got a little bit of pressure in the first half of the Super Bowl. We didn't get any pressure in the second half until, you know, we got the sack that basically won the game. Um, we had a game like that last week. It was the same thing. Like we really couldn't get any pressure and then we ended up getting a late sack that that saved the game. So we got to get consistent pressure if we even want to give the defensive backs a chance to, to get better. Um, because if they're out there on the island for too long, they're not even good enough to <laughs> to be out there guarding for seconds per play. We did get a pressure on Andrew Luck. It's just that Andrew Luck is just happens to be athletic. <laughs> he was able to, to, to dodge and, and move. And now, now Marcus Mariota, it's, it's going to be – if we think, you know, Andrew Ruck was hard, Marcus Mariota is going to be another story. And No, because I don't care what Marcus Mariota does. Andrew Luck scrambles looking to throw the ball. Marcus Mariota is going to run. I want him to throw the ball. I don't care how much time he has. Yeah, I want him to throw the ball. So it's all good. I'm – I mean, I mean, I want to say two. I want to say two things because I know you probably guys got a lot, got a lot. Yeah, we got um, we got to roll in a second. Um, um, I just okay to be honest about this season. I understand what be honest is telling me in the off season, and, and people, you got to really listen when somebody's telling you something. When somebody's telling you to tell you for a reason, you know, we're just, we're just he, the reason why he was telling me like, um, uh, Rob, we won the Super Bowl. Rob, we won the Super Bowl. What he was really trying to tell me is like, Rob. Stop. Have time to enjoy the moment. Exactly. And enjoy it's too the early moment. To be stressed. stressed. It's too early to like, be stressed, man. It's too like, early to be stressed. Like, like, like you know, we were waiting our entire lives this moment. I every every because I gotta say a second thing, but every every season, and my dad's an annoying, annoying, bleep New Yorker, and every season he he looked at he he, he said, "Why you an Eagles fan?" They never win nothing, you know, because he's seen all his team win, all sports, you know, get pick another team, except the Knicks, pick another team, you know. And, you know, all I did, you know, is root for my team. Even when I came home from church and we made that remarkable comeback, and I, you know, uh, with Deshaun Jackson, you know, um, you know, I was, um, it was, um, you know, you know, it's just a great feeling, you know. And I told everybody else, you know, stick with your team, stick with your team. I never, I went to bias. I never forget that you said, you know, you might find other teams. Your bucks don't do good. I never forget that, Tobias. Stick with your team. So, but, but, but the second time, I was, <laughs> yeah, your Alabama, yeah, Mr. Alabama. I hope he calls in his his big ass. But yo, um, I want, I want, I want, I want. I'm taking shots at him until he comes to California. So we can do a podcast. He you know, comes on the block, tries to beat me up, and I'll be on the radio. Like, hey, that's our first show. Right. <laughs> but, 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 I keep telling y'all, hook that up. Hook it up. My, my, we'll, we'll air it. 
Holla at, holla at yeah, me. Um, All right, Rob. Uh, wait, 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 wait. You wait, wait, go. The second thing I want to say is, is, black, is black folk, I want to say do research on your candidates and don't vote for them because of their pigmentation. Look at their ideology and look at what the dollars go to because it doesn't matter who they look like or what they look like. It, it matters about their stance on, on political issues and how it affects your community. Che Guevara said it best. The color of skin is one thing, but the color of ideology is another. That's all I got. No doubt. All right, Rob, peace. Word. Talk to you next Thanks, week. Rob. Rob out here, he started off dissing everybody, and then he dropped knowledge on their ass. <laughs> All knowledge right, on your dumb ass. These, these, these rough-in-the-passer penalties, man, is making games very, very hard to watch. Um, through three weeks, there have been 34 rough-in-the-passing, rough-in-the-passer calls, um, Here's a comparison. This, this, at this point last season, through the first three weeks last season, there were only 16. So there's been more than double the call because of this new rule where they're telling people uh, we're going to call roughing the pastor if you tackle somebody and your body weight comes down on them. Like, how else are you supposed to tackle, man? But if you've seen some of these things, especially to Clay Matthews, because he's gotten flagged damn near every week, um, he had a bogus one against – uh, Alex Smith this week that probably stunted any momentum that the Packers were trying to gather for a comeback in Washington. Um, the, every time you see it, and you see it a lot, a team is on their heels. You know, most sacks come on third downs. So you're getting off the field, and then the ref calls, basically calls you for tackling the quarterback. Nothing more, nothing less. He's calling you 15 yards keeping the drive alive for tackling the quarterback. I, I, no, not for spearing him, not for helmet-to-helmet contact, for tackling the quarterback, man. Have have you been watching games, B, where you've seen this yeah. being called too much and it kind of ruined the experience for you? Like, it's killing me. Um, Yeah, I, I'm, I'm – I don't, I don't, I don't know really what to do because I've heard it explained, and see if you can follow this logic. They want you to grab him, wrap the quarterback up, and pull him down on top of you. Pause. They want you to turn, spin, pull the quarterback on top of you, and risk yourself getting injured so you don't injure him. Yes. Basically. Yes. That's it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what. You, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't I'm know. I'm gonna turn around. So you, I'm gonna twist this guy, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this 230 pound quarterback down on my ribs. Now, <laughs> so I can now get hurt, was, so he won't get hurt. Come on. So, so there's, so there's that angle, which is what makes oh, going in, grab, which makes the most sense or lack of sense. And then there was. James Harrison, who didn't even go into bodily harm or physical harm for the defender, he said most NFL quarterbacks now are between 230, 250 pounds and athletic. If you wrap them up and spin, they're going to wiggle out of the tackle and continue to play on. And then you're getting laid out by your coaches because you didn't get the quarterback to the ground. Yo, I, I, yo, I, yo, 
Break out the flag. No, you, you're Break not allowed the to flag. cover. You're not allowed to cover <clears throat> anymore. You have to allow them to run freely, catch the ball. You can't hit them, hit the receivers. What's the can't defense? Separate them from the route. What's <laughs> there for? Because it looks nice. You know, all the formations and lineups and stuff like that. It looks yeah. nice when they're facing each other and they can take nice pictures, you know, straight down the line of scrimmage with these men breathing in each other's faces. It, really, cold. it looks nice. It, it hypes people up. It really, but the defense it, is it out really, there for nothing. It really speaks to how bad there, – there are certain guys, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, A.J. Green. I genuinely believe that these guys would be stars – in any era. But there's a large group of wide receivers who put up numbers. They are good. Just like the quarterbacks that are putting up these numbers. Ryan Fitzpatrick became the first quarterback in NFL history for throw to throw for three straight four hundred yard games. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Why? Because he can just throw the ball. Wouldn't move. Not like they can tackle him. They can't sack them. Always, and they can't I always use, like, Matthew Stafford as my example. Like, Matthew Stafford is not a bum by any means, but he's not Dan Marino. And he puts up Dan Marino plus type numbers Yo. every season it's because this is what they want. Yo, no. See, they're going to tell you that these rules be are in, you know, they're going to tell you this is in the vein of uh, safety. But, you know, you've already made a lot of rules for safety. We understand the helmet-to-helmet thing. Even that can be subjective at times, and they don't allow it to be subjective because, you know, sometimes people are ducking, kneeling, turning heads. You might hit the face mask for a little bit. Just a little accidental contact that's not going to hurt anybody, and they're still calling it. Fine. Okay. Helmet to helmet is rule. We understand that. But when you start making rules and you're going to act like it's in the vein of safety, when we know it's really not, now you're kind of making a mockery of the fact that, you know, you had to make those safety rules in the first place because you had been ignoring for years the effect that playing football had on human beings and their brains. You know what I'm saying? You you, you fought against it. You now you're kind of making a mockery of it because now every little stupid rule you make to make offenses uh, shine brighter, to make quarterbacks, which is their biggest investments, to try to keep them on the field, not not for head safety, not for CTE, you know, for any kind of injuries because you cannot tackle them at all now. Now you're kind of making a mockery of the whole safety thing. You're just, you know, because you're not – these safety rules don't apply for everybody. They just they just apply for your biggest investments. So I don't know. They're they're going down with with all the complaints. You would think they would even go back, look at it, maybe tweak some things. But it, it seems like they're standing standing pat. Like I'm hearing a lot of referees being interviewed, basically saying. And, you know, I'm not going to blame the referees. They're just calling what, you know, the rules that they made up. They're just doing their job. But at the same time, they're out here going hard for the calls. Like, man, it is what it is. It's not going anywhere. So you got to live with it. Stop complaining. Learn how to, you know, play under these rules. That's kind of harsh when people have been learning how to do something all their lives. And then you want to 
all of a sudden tell them that they can't do that, especially, you know, pass rushers. It's crazy. You can't tell people who are playing full speed that once they get up to the quarterback, now in this split second you got to do all of this thinking. I got to hit him this way. I got to wrap him and turn him. And when I do tackle him head on, you know, straight on, I got to somehow make sure that my body weight doesn't fall on him because, you know, I thought that's what tackling was. You wrap the guy and you both fall over. (laughs) You're going to fall on top of him. It's just the way it is. But they're going to tell people in a split second, you got to think and and avoid doing all of this so you don't get a 15-yard penalty and possibly a fine. It's ruining the game for me, man. Let's go to the phone line because we got Naj on the phone. Let's see what he, he feels about all of this. Nas, what's going on, brother? We tired. Man. <laughs> it's hard to watch it's all games, good, man. man. We are, you know, we we are ready to sell out just watching football in the first place. You know, everybody tells we're supposed to be boycotting. So it's hard to be a sellout, and then you don't even like what you're selling out for. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. That's not. Now look, this is the thing about this, man. Whenever you create bad rules you actually increase the chances of what you wanted to avoid in happening. So right. That's why these quarterbacks you, didn't hurt. It's karma. Right. When you put this rule and say you have to tackle this way, you can't do this and that, eventually the defenders say, okay, I'm going to get my money's worth. We're going to start pooling our money together to pay these fines. Bounty gate 2.0. Some teams are going to get caught doing that because the, the rules are actually <laughs> kind of, I mean, they're encouraging the behavior of this because you're going to keep losing games because you're, you're you got the pass rush, you did everything you're supposed to do, and now you got a, a dilemma when you get to the quarterback. No, they're going to go the other way. So this is going to end up badly for the NFL. But and, you, and you got real quickly because it, I, I feel like it is going to cause injuries, just like you said. But what is really going to happen is you're going to have a 260-pound defensive end trying to twist his body and, and contort his body. And we saw someone pop an ACL trying to avoid tackling a quarterback too hard. So I think the injuries are actually going to come on the defenders who are going to be trying to pull up and trying to protect their wallet they're going to cause themselves injury. And guess who's not going to pull up? These offensive tackles, these offensive mm-hmm. linemen. They're going to be and the, and the quarterbacks. The and the quarterbacks. So I, I mean, because that's yeah, another yeah. thing. You got I, quarterbacks. I that, that's what's going on right now. People are doing Right. You got quarterbacks so popping the ACL, scrambling because you can't tackle them. So now right. they're trying to get away from you. Right. That's what I'm saying. But, that, that's what they're doing right now. So these results are going to make people go the other way. And they're going to say, well, hell, I'm going to get fined. I'm already here. Let me go ahead and make the play that I'm supposed to make. And, you know, hey, find me later. Uh, shout out to Tack McKinley uh, from the Atlanta Falcons. Go ahead and, and, and get our Greg gonna, Williams on. Yeah, that's <laughs> how they're going to approach it, man. Because when you put in a rule like this, this is what you're encouraging people to do. Clay Matthews has already made himself the sympathetic figure, and next he's going to knock somebody out. Like, that's how <laughs> this is going to go down. And if we've been right. honest about it. like, if y'all going to find me, I'm going to give you a reason to find me now. Yep. You gonna throw and, a, and a flag? Be, I'm gonna give you a reason to throw me a flag. Right. If we be honest, you just touched on it. The whole idea of if I'm in the pocket, you can only hit me here, here, and here. 
But if I get outside the pocket, you can do whatever the hell you want to me. That's already an arbitrary rule to keep certain quarterbacks within the league. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, the passing game rules now, which has kept certain quarterbacks in the league. Remember, the quarterbacks and other stars in the league are essentially middle management. They keep the labor negotiations to where they always have a class of people who, no matter what, they ain't striking because they got a whole boatload of guaranteed money that they want to come back to, and they're going to talk some sense into those rest, rest of those guys who are thinking about holding out a little longer or pushing for, you know, uh, uh, fair negotiating. That's, what, that's why they prop that class up, and that's why they keep them. And then the unsaid part, which is most Americans like a certain kind of quarterback, which, which gets me to my controversial point. <laughs> if you're not an all-pro or Hall of Famer, I think there are certain cities where you should just not have a black quarterback. It can't be done. You can't be a mediocre or average black quarterback in some cities. And I think we need to approach it from that standpoint. You know what I'm saying? There are people who hate Tyrod Taylor's guts and had to go out there and watch Peterman. And, you know, they, they watched it. You know what I mean? No. Peterman. Peterman. Peterman put right. their, their, their first playoff appearance in decades in jeopardy because they <laughs> – they wanted to, to to put him in the game for for who knows why, and shout out to Casey Mack in the Wolverine Sports Game Time Group. He he's talking about the same thing you talking about. B. He said William Hayes tore his ACL trying to mm-hmm. avoid landing on Derek Carr. This is crazy, <laughs> right? Crazy, no. Right, and that brings us back to y'all Tampa conversation earlier. It was one of those cities. Uh, Jameis has been. Somewhat average uh, during his career. I, well, a little bit above average. He's played at a Pro Bowl level for stretches, and then he's played, you know, really bad for stretches. You know, it, right. he hasn't been what he's supposed to be. And in that city, I, I don't think you can be a black quarterback there at, like that. If you're going to be a black quarterback there, you better be all pro, one of the best in the game, period, and then you can roll. Because these people are ready to throw him Shout out the to Doug Whack-ass Fitzpatrick, bro. Fitzpatrick. For a journeyman. Yeah, <laughs> but like if you you get that title for a reason, like you're not that good. You're good enough to keep a spot in the league, to be somebody's yeah. insurance policy for a little while. But you're not. And, and I've never, good. I've never seen a situation where an OC walks into a room, revamps the offense, starts using the weapons in ways that they haven't been used, and they start scoring. And the OC gets none of the credit. We don't hear none of the genius stuff. We don't hear none of that. We hear Fitz Magic. He's like, wait a minute, dude. This dude ain't good. How come you always talking about the OC? Because the, the, the sensible thing would be with this new offense, if you put Jameis in there, Jameis can be even more effective than Tan- uh, than uh, Fitzpatrick was without the, the floor of when Fitzpatrick goes bad on you like we've seen in the last Pittsburgh game. But so, instead, yeah, the narrative sense. has been over the past few weeks, Jameis never got the ball to Deshaun Jackson like this, and he never got the ball down the field to Mike Evans. Like you said, the, the offense did change. So maybe if you put Jameis in, maybe he will get the ball to them because maybe they're running better stuff right now. So. Oh, that OC yeah, is we'll somewhere see. hot as hell about this because usually you get that genius tag by now, and he ain't yeah, getting it, none of that. <laughs> it doesn't matter, though. All the headlines. It, so, it doesn't matter because, yeah. you know, even if they want to start Ryan Fitzpatrick, he will cede the job to Jameis on his own at some point. He already oh, started is last be week. In there after the bye week. <laughs> I think the fact that the, you know the fact that people were fooled by the little mini comeback that they had after he put him in the hole to begin with, 
you know, that, yeah. that bought him another week. I'm one million percent with you guys in terms of who and what Fitzmagic is. I, I'm with you. But I think we're giving Jameis a bit of a pass. Famous Jameis has been turning the rock over since Florida State, and it ain't getting no better. I'm not giving him a pass. And I'm giving him that's true. I'm giving him the if, fact if that the he's their starting Patrick. quarterback. He's their number one pick. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't lose your job. Like and that's the cliche because you know we've seen occasions where people did lose their job to injury. Like Tom, we, we Tom Brady wouldn't be who he is had a quarterback not injured. gotten injured. But Tony Romo generally, Prescott. And 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 one hundred percent of the time, you should not lose your job to injury when Ryan Fitzpatrick is your backup. Shouldn't happen. Right. Right. Okay, who you are? <laughs> if the other guy wasn't Ryan Fitzpatrick, I I would definitely be with you and saying explore that, see what's going on. But if you got Jameis as your number one pick, the more sensible thing to be would say, okay, if this doesn't work out, we fire the coach, bring in another guy, and if that doesn't work out at that point, we cut bait on Jameis because he's the number one pick. But, hell, why would you pick somebody number one and then really cut bait on him before you know if that guy's developed or not? Now, as far as the off-the-field stuff, yeah, Jameis is a mess, and he could be a mess going forward. Like, I, I don't think that that's going to get cleared up or anything either. But, you know, this is the Tampa Bay organization that drafted him number one with all of those draft concerns there. So I don't know how you're going to get mad on the back end. But as far as quarterback comeback, that is the most – man, it's, it's the most misused – fake stat ever, and we, we grew up on it because they would tell us about it. But what they never tell you is who put them in the hole to begin with. It's the same. It would be like you going to dinner tonight and thinking that the last bite of food is what filled you up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not how that works. You don't get to throw the team in a hole and then rally because you're passing all, you know, the rest of the game and then talk about your greatness afterwards. Like, nah, bro, your bad play made everybody else have to do more to try to come back. But, yeah, y'all hitting on everything, man. I just wanted to add my two cents. And I'm not letting that, that, that a certain city black quarterback theory die, man. I, I'm going to need to investigate this a little more, but I think in certain cities, bro, you need to tell your agent, no, nah, man, I, I can't go there. I can't go uh, there. Probably, probably makes sense. Keep, keep, keep researching that. I'll let us about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks for your call, man, as usual. Put your... All right, All right Nas. <laughs> oh, I gotta, I gotta give y'all one. Gotta give y'all one. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's wrong with your man Mute, man? He, he gotta find a better laugh. They gotta give him a better program. All right, so uh, Jimmy Garoppolo out for the season. You know, speaking of quarterback, speaking of running, you know, he was, he was on a scramble. Uh, he could have run out of bounds, and been cool. But he was going towards the out-of-bounds line. He decided to try to cut it up to get a few more yards. And as soon as he planted that left foot in the ground, his ACL went bye-bye. Um, I say that not to say that I'm mad at him. Like, oh, you should have did this, you should have did that, because hindsight is always twenty twenty. He's a competitor. And that's one thing I could say about Jimmy G. I don't know too much about him. We haven't seen – anything, you know, worthy of proving that he deserves all that money 
You know what I'm saying? And and we won't get a chance now because he'll be out for another year. So it'll be another year of wondering, like, how good is Jimmy G really? And he gets to go out there. He got his bag. He gets to go out there and spend his money and not have to prove to us week in and week out that he deserved that money because now he has a bit of an excuse. Either way, like I said, I'm not going to blame him for the play because, first of all, we already know that's just the kind of dude he is. He's a he's a, He's a gamer if we don't know anything else about him. He seems to be a gamer. So he tried to cut it up to get a few extra mm-hmm. yards. In hindsight, that probably wasn't the best thing to do. But he won't do that again. Especially since he stepped out when he planted anyway. So even if he cut it up for a couple more yards, took a big hit, which he did, that just added insult to injury, literally. Um, he wouldn't even have got the, the extra yardage because – he stepped out on his plant. So it, it all went bad. Like, it was a whole lot of negative on that one play. Like, everything you tried to do in that play backfired. Um, you stepped out. You tore your ACL. You took a hell of a hit all for nothing. But shout out to, to Jimmy G, man. So shout out to Jimmy G. There was a lot of hope for the 49ers this season, uh, mostly from their fans. <laughs> And whoever else drank a little bit of that Jimmy G Kool-Aid, um, for me, it was still a show-me type season. It was a show-and-prove type of season. But what do you think their prospects are now with Bethard coming back in? Uh, any chance whatsoever that the 49ers will be anywhere near the playoff race midway to three-quarters of the way through the season? Any chance? Six and ten. Six and ten. Six and ten. Um, I, I do believe that Jimmy G is an above-average NFL quarterback. Got a nice tool set. Um, yeah, but I just don't have. Well, I don't have enough film making to him that, out though. to be. I'd like him yeah, to be that. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I. I do want to see how he adjusts to defenses, being able to look at film and plan for him. Um, but I do feel like he's – I don't feel like he's what the hype is saying, but I also feel like he's not going to fall he's off not, into he's Bolivia. Not, he's not Matt Castle either, is what you're saying. Yeah, he's not <laughs> Matt Castle. So, right. I, I think, we'll see, I think we'll, we'll see the return of Jimmy G from his porn star nursing him back to health. You know, we'll, we'll see it. Uh, and, you know, the Steelers have been listening to trade offers for Le'Veon Bell – um, Tampa Bay was supposedly supposedly big in that mix. Um, I saw a report on Bleeding Green Nation uh, that the Eagles could be sleepers in that. Um, <clears throat> I give that report. I, I, I pay that no mind, really, because, you know, according to Bleeding Green Nation, any especially since they won the Super Bowl, it's like anybody who's on the trade block, the Eagles are – Odds on favorites to get them, their players in the situation. They said the same thing about Josh Gordon. They said the same, you know, they're saying that about Le'Veon Bell now. So I think that's just excited Eagles fans who think because now that they've won the Super Bowl that everybody wants to play there. So if you're forcing a trade, you're going to force your trade to Philadelphia. So we're a player. I don't believe it. I I think the Roonies get a pass. I think they're scum. 
I think the way they treat their players, a lot of them is scum. I think their support of Ben Roethlisberger as a rapist is scum. Le'Veon Bell did a whole lot for that organization, and when it came time to pay him, they were like, eh, nah, sorry. Um, and then and, be throwing and the fact that the franchise tag is so much, they be throwing that in his face, kind of like Washington did with Kirk Cousins. Well, you're getting this much yeah. for the year, but yeah, but can can your best player by far, maybe not by far because they got Anthony, I mean, Antonio Brown as well, but can your best player get some uh, some long-term Stability. comfortability, you know what I'm saying? Like, can he get yeah. some? Yeah. yeah. Don't tell me how yeah, much that, the franchise that, tag is. That's a terrible situation. You have the fractured locker room. You have the offensive linemen being company men. You got Mike Tomlin losing control. You got uh, uh, Antonio Brown turning into Nicki Minaj. You got all types of stuff going on in that locker room. I, I, yo, I, I, I haven't seen anything like this in a long time. But they should be willing to give Antonio um, Le'Veon Bell what he's asking for, which is three years with a fourth-year option, 17 mil per. He's better than Todd Gurley. He's just not younger than Todd Gurley. So I get the that's, age that, argument. That's what put them – that's what kind of put the pressure on them because – you know, they were able to stand pat for a long time during this holdout in training camp saying, you know, nobody's going to pay a running back that much. And he was basically saying, well, I'm more than just a running back to this team. I do everything. I line up everywhere. And they stood pat on that. Well, you can't pay a running back that because they know, you know, that's kind of a factual cliche. You, there's not a lot of purists, a lot of NFL fans that know the game that's going to, you know, agree that you should break the bank for a running back. But once they did that with Todd Gurley, it put them in a situation at this point. It's either pay him or trade him to somebody who will pay him. But the fact that Todd Gurley got paid assures you that somebody out there is going to give the the money that he feels that he deserves. And I like like Todd. I like Todd Gurley. I think he's a good quality back. I think he's a fringe pro bowler, all pro. I think he's going to have a good career. I've seen him play. I've seen Le'Veon play. He's not better than Le'Veon Bell. So the only argument you have is Le'Veon is two, maybe three years older. Two. So two and years, that's, that's, two years that's older. That's the crazy thing because two, being two years older and, you know, any other profession, maybe not even profession, like most other positions, like as a, as a wide receiver, if, this, if these were wide receivers and you're like, well, you know, the the better one is two years older, nobody's going to sweat that that much. This just tells you how we view running backs these days because of that three-and-a-half-year average shelf life that we always Maybe hear about. Done at 30. Right. Like, people thinking, like, man, 26 years old, that's old. Like, damn. Like, <laughs> I feel good. My nickname is Juice. Yeah, so what? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's that's, weird, that's man, something. how we view running backs these days. But when you have a transcendent one, when you have the best one in the league, I don't think you treat him like this. Yeah. I don't think you treat him like this. Once Gurley got his, still should have been like, all right, my bad. Take this. 
take this bag, <laughs> go put it in the house, come back, and we're going to go to the Super Bowl. But karma's a hell of a thing. All right, so uh, what else is happening before we get out of here? Um, Eric Reed got signed. The Panthers signed Eric Reed to a one-year deal. Um, Good stuff. You know, Eric Reed is somebody else that everybody considered to be blackballed because he was down with the Colin Kaepernick calls, down for the movement. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Like, like we always say, it only I takes think, one team because I don't necessarily think yeah. it means that it wasn't true. Yeah, I, I, think think he was, it, I think he was. I think he was. I think he was blackballed because if you look at the injuries at the position. We don't know exactly what the Eagles were going to do, plus McLeod, you know, just recently down. Um, But when you also look at Atlanta, Atlanta lost Keanu Neal and their their starting free safety, and Eric Reed didn't get a call. And Eric Reed is better than the starting free safety in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? When you look at the Buccaneers, they lost their safety to a tight end stiff arm, and they didn't reach out to Eric Reed. Uh, shots fired, Toppy. So it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that Eric Reed didn't have a job because when you look at pro football's rankings, he is still a top 15 safety in the NFL to this day. So it's crazy. I mean, salute to the Panthers for doing the right thing, um, and and hopefully he's able to regain form and continue his career for another five or six seasons and get a real deal. All right, well, rapid fire. We got 30 seconds. Um, games of the week, rapid fire. The Thursday nighter, the big one, Vikings at Rams. Who you got? Rams. Rams, dream team, Dolphins at Patriots. Uh, Dolphins. I'm going to go Patriots. The Dolphins are 3-0, and but the Patriots need this. <laughs> or are they going to let the Dolphins run away with this division? They're at home. I got the Patriots. Eagles at Titans. I'm going to go with the Birds. And, and you know, I know that's not a homer pick. Me and B have been kicked out of uh, Eagles groups for being way too objective. But I'm going to go with the Birds on the road. Who you got? I'm going Eagles because Titans have a black quarterback. Go ahead. <laughs> Dude, is not black. He's Hawaiian. Um Buccaneers at Bears. Fitzmagic over <laughs> Fitzmagic over Khalil? Or are you gonna get mad yes. trucked? I'm, I'm going Bucks. <laughs> I'm actually going to go with the Buccaneers with this one. It's probably gonna be ugly though. This is more so because I don't believe in Mitchell Trubisky as much as I don't believe in the long term effect of Fitzpatrick. Ravens at Steelers. Throw the records out the window, but I'm going to go with the Steelers on this one. What about you? Uh, Ravens. Last but not least, Chiefs at Broncos. Um, Keep riding that Chiefs horse, Pauls, until they show me otherwise. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Who are you going with? Patrick Mahomes, the greatest. Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback to ever exist. He's proved it in his first three games. <laughs> I'm going with the Chiefs. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the War Room. Shout out to everyone in the chat room on Facebook, Twitter, War Room Sports, Game Time on the GroupMe app, and all the callers who called in the holler at us. Special thanks to Gus Griffin for handicapping a few games for us. Tune in next week, live right here on demand. 
As we recap NFL Week 4 and preview Week 5, we'll also catch you up on everything else happening all around the world of sports. So until then, enjoy your weekend, enjoy your week, and we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.